You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Very excited to bring our next guest on. He is returning for now his second appearance on the podcast. It's been a about a week in the making, but we finally got it lined up from the Draft Network, JC Cornell. JC, how you doing, buddy? Good. How you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, excited for, you know, the combine starts next week. So we're really getting into full draft swing. Free agency's not too far away. Antonio Brown is pissing everybody off. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's going to be a free agent. There's all kinds of goodies going the, on. The Steelers so. are the Browns all of a sudden? Yeah, the yeah, Steelers I, I kinda, are the Browns. I kind of feel like everyone's <clears throat> been a little cranky on, on Twitter.com lately. Oh, yeah. yeah it, a little it, grumpy. It, There's not a lot of football news going on. You know, it's that awkward time before the combine and free agency. So everyone's just like kind of like picking fights with each other, it looks like. Yeah, it, it hasn't been a great place to be. Um, but I'll tell you what, for those that are joining us, we are a great place to be right now. Because, JC, mm-hmm. you teased it on Twitter that you have some some juicy, juicy nuggets for us here on uh, on the show. I do, I do. Um, so I'm going to play a little game with you guys. And I'm going to give you guys some, a Sweet. nugget and have you react to it. Okay. All right, let's let's start off with this one. Do not be surprised, and this very well could happen, that Deshaun Jackson stays a, bu- a Buccaneer in 2019. What? <laughs> you just ruined my night, Jason. I hope you know that. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, um, you know, we uh, we talked about this. Uh, it was your actually it was the first time you were on, you were on with us, JC. We talked about this, and and you know, and and uh, I was I was holding out hope then, right? Like everybody's. Talk, man, it's a very valid point that he sold his house. So it's like, well, if he sold his house, it seems like he doesn't really want to come back. And I've I've been on the train of it's not a matter. Uh, we've actually had this this conversation in private amongst the, the Bucks Nation staff a couple of times, where you know it's it's a lot of the narrative out there is the Bucks would be really you know they would regret letting Deshaun Jackson go. And my thing has been, I understand he's under contract, but if he doesn't want to come back, he's not going to come back. And this was one of the rare moments where I felt like a player almost had a little bit more leverage in this situation than maybe the franchise did because with the Bucks salary cap situation, I know they're not in salary cap, you know, hell quote unquote, but they're, they're strapped enough for cash that they almost can't let a player sit making 10 million against the cap and not wanting to play or not wanting to practice. So he kind of had leverage on them in that standpoint where he could almost force them to make a move, even if they didn't necessarily want to. So uh, it's really cool because to me, that means that, he's buying into what BA is selling and what this offense could possibly be with his new coaching staff. Yes. I, he can buy into what BA, BA is saying all he wants, but if there's no chemistry with Jameis, if he's not getting off his butt and practicing and he's throwing his little temper tantrums and all he cares about is his stats, it's, it's going to be the same thing. So that's why I just, I don't understand why they would even bother messing with it. If you know, Deshaun's going to be Deshaun and, and, He's a phenomenal talent and, you know, I'm sure he's a, he's a great guy to hang out with or whatever, but you know, to me, you know, that has, that has run its course and I would not be a fan of him sticking around for 
$10 million when they are so strapped for cash. Yeah, my opinion, honestly, I didn't really want him to return either. I think there's a lot of options in this draft, but at, we also don't have a lot of mm-hmm. draft capital. So um, it's kind of a hard situation there. Um, and we'll get into the draft in a little bit. My next little nugget, don't expect Adam Humphreys to return. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the sense that we're starting to get. I would rather have Humphreys stay than Deshaun. And I, I hear that sentiment uh, a lot, but uh, it's, you know, Deshaun's already under contract. Adam's not under contract. And again, right. it, it kind of goes back to that whole situation of, you know, is Deshaun going to come back? Does does BA really want him back? And and does Byron want him back? And Jameis, I mean, they've all gone on a record saying that they want Deshaun on the team if, if he's willing. Well, not even if he's willing. They've just said he, they want him on the team. And yeah, Adam's going to get paid uh, way too much to to be a third like three alpha three Bravo with Chris Godwin receiver on this team. I mean, I know he's, he's going to, you know, eat up a lot of the slot uh, touches and, and uh, you know, that would be the assumption, but yeah, they can't, they can't pay a third receiver, you know, 8 million plus is, is what I assume Adam's going to get on the open market. Um, and then have Godwin who, you know, is, is needing the opportunity to kind of fulfill his uh, potential. So, yeah, it stinks. I love Humphreys too. Right. I just I don't know if he's a fit for Arian's offense. We'll we'll move on. Um <laughs> <laughs> obviously we know Quan's coming off an ACL. Mm-hmm. Um the word is the price he's asking for is just outrageously high for mm-hmm. a guy coming off an ACL. Like to me, I feel like he needs that Tyron Matthew prove it deal that mm-hmm. he did that Matthew did last year. Um so it's kind of for the Bucks right now, hard to justify with all this defensive talent in this upcoming draft. And with that, they're they're focusing on defense for this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like early they are very locked in on defense. Okay. Yeah, it makes like a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like that's very smart. Um, so I don't first know. On the- that's definitely not a shocker, but, you know, it's – but I, I was thinking, you know, an offensive tackle. Yeah. Um, I kind of go back. Like it really, it really depends on the day. I'm not gonna lie. I almost actually wrote something for Bucks Nation the other day, titled like, "Well, I don't know if this is gonna be titled." But basically, don't be surprised if the Bucks go offense with their first two picks. And I kind of started running through the idea in my mind. I was like, "Nah, it's 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 nah." <laughs> so I so I scrapped the idea myself because I really do. I mean, if we, if we look at it, so if we look at football, right, especially today's NFL. You have to be able to pass the ball, and you have to be able to stop the pass. Those are the two things that are make you give you the best chance of being successful in this league. The Buccaneers can pass the ball, even with Caleb Benanaka right guard, even with Donovan Smith at left tackle, even with Demar Dotson at right tackle. They can throw the ball. They showed that. They proved that. And Ryan Jensen made that point uh, when he when he came on with us is that you can't have that many passing yards without an offensive line that is blocking their ass off. Those were his words. What they can't do and what they couldn't do was stop the pass. So when you're prioritizing your franchise, trying to be successful now and win now, like BA said, this isn't a rebuild. They're they're retooling and coming right back at it. You need to address the the, the pass defense, and you're going to do that with pass rushers. Or you're going to do that with pass defenders. So it just it just makes sense for the team to start off at least their draft strategy or their offseason plan with attacking the pass defense because that's you know like I said, if you if you you could have a running game. You can have a passing game. If you don't have a defense, you're sunk. You're, you're not going to win. Uh, that's just, it's just, you know, James, you wrote about it. I mean, that's just not how it's going to work in the NFL today. And then another thing I have is, you know, this isn't very popular on Twitter with Bucks fans and stuff, but I've said it before. I've said it multiple times. Um, 
Devin White's a favorite. You know, he's he's yeah. a, a player mm-hmm. for for this team. Todd Bowl. It's per, a perfect match for Todd Bowles. This kind of defense. Um, I've said it. Five's a little high, but mm-hmm. you know they'd probably be comfortable trading down seven to ten, but no, no, um, no lower than that, and, or no no higher than ten. But if like a, the, the trade, if the the right trade doesn't come, they they could pull the trigger at five. That was exactly what I was just about to ask. We we saw some people actually having that argument on Twitter mm-hmm. um, that you know somebody had said that there was no chance that they would take Devin White at five. Um, where you know you look at the the landscape, and of course there's always trades to be made, but there that doesn't mean that they're the right ones. You saw Denver go out and and get Joe Flacco, so now they're not going to be in a position where they're going to be trying to move up for a quarterback. So if if there's not a move to be made and that's the guy that they've zeroed in on that they want, especially if Quan is gone and they need him in the middle of that defense, you know, there's no reason that they wouldn't pull the trigger at five. You know, you're going to have people saying, well, that's a reach. That's a reach. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's, it's only a reach if it, if he doesn't pan out. Right. I mean, he's a plug and play starter. I mean, yeah. He, right. he's not going to be a bust in yeah, my that's, eyes. That's like, he's not going to bust. No, I, I really like Devin Wayne. That's I've mentioned on this show a few times that my, my personal, you know, criteria for a top five draft pick is a guy that, you know, as soon as you turn in the card as a starter on your team without Quan Alexander, especially he would be a starter on the team right away. Uh, and so that's, that's and like I said earlier, they're thinking with the, the early rounds in this draft is there a, there's a lot of defenders that they can just plug in and their their starters good to go that's how strong this uh this uh class is defensive wise yeah but you know what but as as strong as the defensive class is linebacker is definitely one position group that's more shallow uh than the rest so grabbing a linebacker early is is would be the smartest play if you're trying to build your defense which uh like we just talked about the buccaneers are definitely in a situation where they're trying to build their defense. Yeah, because you have Devin White, you have the Alabama linebacker, and you have, what, Devin Bush from Michigan? I mean, mm-hmm. outside of those three, who, who's really a, a stud? Yeah, everybody else is developmental depth depth guys. Uh, you know. Well, and uh, you'd have to think early in the in the draft, maybe, you know, the first round, you know, if, if Devin White is their guy, but – even in the in the second round, they would have to be addressing that front seven because you have a secondary that is all now second and third year players. There's not going to be any veteran leadership. You're not going to bring in another rookie. It seems more likely that they would sign a free agent for the secondary to be that veteran voice, that experience, that leadership, rather than putting in yet another guy that's going to have to develop. So it, it would make more sense for them to look along the line and, and the linebackers than at corner and safety, especially in the first round. Yeah, I definitely think you're right on point there. I have heard that they there's some interest in some bigger corners in round two and three. Um, I don't know any names. When bigger co- corners come to mind, I think of Penn State. Mm-hmm. God, I'm going to try to say this name. Amani Aurorie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it. Um, he's like a 6'1", 208. He's a, he's a good press man corner. That would probably look good with Carlton Davis. But, yeah, we'll see. I think they address in free agency too. Bruce Arians is excited about Rojo. Nice. I'm excited about Rojo with Bruce Arians. Yeah, there, there's the there's the kicker right there. And the Buck staff is very excited about Peyton Barber. 
Nice. That's my dude. I've been a Peyton Barber <laughs> flag carrier since the day he was signed. Love it. And Bruce Ellington would run a similar role as he did with Arizona Cardinals. Bruce likes to go four wide. Yeah, I mean, I really honestly, like, and, and I know there's still a lot of takes to be had with the Andre Ellington signing, but I mean, that's honestly, I, I kind of looked at it as that's a good running back stable. Like Peyton Barber's a restricted free agent. So the the leverage is all with the Buccaneers. Uh, Rojo obviously is a Buccaneer. Um, we, we talked about Sean Wilson. Um, you know, they still have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ogumba Wale. And then yeah, Ellington, I, mean, I think that's your running back stable. I mean, an undrafted free agent here and there. I mean, I don't know if, if a guy like maybe a Bryce love, you know what I mean? In the fifth or sixth, if he's still there coming off an injury, I mean, the, the potential return on that type of events investment is huge. So, you know, I wouldn't mind, uh, obviously seeing that, but I mean, uh, that's, that's kind of the key. And that's kind of what we talked about when people get mad or, you know, get upset about mock drafts and stuff this early in the year is, there's still a lot of pieces to be plugged in and filled in. And uh, if anything, Andre Ellington to me looks like a veteran presence to help these young guys learn what, what BA is going to want to do and contribute uh, as, as he can, you know, uh, of course, obviously, hopefully he stays healthy, but uh, it was, it was a, it was a good move. Honestly, James, I almost kind of felt stupid that we didn't involve Andre in our free agent profiles. Um, Cause when the signing happened, I was like, Oh Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was just kind of the the forgotten man. But going going back, JC, to your point about going four wide, um, is that going to be one of the main reasons if Djax sticks around? Is the fact that he does the, that Arians does like to go four wide, and if they're losing Humphreys, they don't also want to lose to Sean, and then basically have you know two wide receiver spots that they have to fill. Uh, rather than you know maybe they can they can fill the position and then maybe Djax could potentially be on his way or you know is is that kind of the the mode of thinking behind you know Jackson's potential stay as a Buccaneer this season? You know, I just in free agency, who what guy are you going to get that has Djax's arsenal? Um, John Brown. Then, John Brown. Yeah, very you very well could. Is he as explosive as Djax? Is well, nobody's as explosive as Djax. Let's, you know, to he, be fair, he's solid. Yeah, he, how did he do with the Ravens last year? What was his stat line? He did really well. I actually wrote about it on the free agent spotlight. He had similar production to Deshaun last year. What I didn't do that I wish I had was broken down his production with Flacco versus his production with um, Lamar Jackson because there were there were two very different quarterbacks and John Brown was flourishing with Flacco and, and getting those deep passes and and getting touchdowns. Whereas with Lamar, it just, they were, they were off. Um, But yeah, overall, I I remember their stat lines, Deshaun and and John Brown's being very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians is really going to have to be the master whisperer because you can tell that Jameis Winston's an alpha, Deshaun Jackson's an alpha and they're clashing and, it did not seem like they liked each other. And you can kind of tell right now with Jameis Winston on social media and stuff, he's starting to loosen up. He's starting to become, be himself again. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I really think he's, I think he's ready to go. Like got that Florida state national championship mindset. Well, and, and don't forget Bucks fans that Hunter Renfro is, is also still out there uh, waiting to be drafted somewhere. Uh, coming. <laughs> I like Renfro. I mean, oh, yeah. he'd be the ideal replacement for Humphreys. If I mean, guys, unreal hands. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he fits the mold uh, exactly. I mean, he's 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 pretty much what I mean. He looks he looks, you know, uh, college player, pro player comps are are never you know uh, a lot of people don't like him just because they they create unreal expectations. Um, like when you compare Hollywood Brown to Deshaun Jackson, uh, people get angry because then you know they expect Hollywood Brown to come in and be Deshaun Jackson. But Hunter Renfro compared to Adam Humphreys. I mean. Uh, Hunter Renfro could actually be what Adam Adam Humphreys was in his rookie year. You know, uh, I wouldn't expect him to come in and be second on the team in receptions, but he could definitely fill a role. And if BA can find a role for him on the team, then he could definitely uh, execute it. Yeah, I like that. I, I would love to see them trade down, acquire more picks like last year in the second yes. round. And a guy I I like a lot is Debo Samuel. Yeah, I know you've been talking about Debo. I'm not nearly as smart on Debo. As you are, I was actually planning on asking you about him today. Let's uh, fill everybody in on on Debo. He's just uh, well. First of all, he can return just like Humphreys can, but he's way uh, much better returner. And I just feel like in Tampa, when's the last time we've actually had that returner? Like, when's the other team been scared of our returner? Like D- Deshaun Jackson wouldn't return punts. Another reason why it makes me so mad that he might return. Oh, that mm. was the worst, the worst mentality. But he at the senior bowl, he just dominates in the slot. He makes people look silly. His footwork's outstanding. He's quick. Um, yeah, you should pop some tape in and watch him. He's he's a great player. Well, something that I seen, um, I think it was John. Uh it was one of your guys. I, I want to say it was John. It may not have been, but um tweet out it was a clip. I'm not I'm, I can't remember who they were playing, but it was a red zone clip. They were they were inside the five. And I mean the amount of moves that he made in such quick succession, the footwork that he showed in such quick, quick movements in such a con- confined space. Cause that's, that's the biggest problem with red zone offense, right? Is it's, it's such a small area to work in that, that it's hard to find room. I mean, the dude just, just pushed people around with his own feet and then just made Probably room like, for himself. It was amazing. Broke that guy's great. ankles, right? On that one yeah. touchdown. catch. Oh my God. Yeah, it was great. That very, I think, uh, I think that was Brad Kelly, actually, our like wide receiver guy. There you go. He, yep. he is the wide receiver specialist. Like, Guy is brilliant with wide receivers, but um, I think uh, actually a ex NFL cornerback retweet or quote tweeted that video of Brad's and was like, "I've never seen a guy actually like do the splits." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good clip. That that clip alone, like you can make a YouTube highlight video of that clip alone and, and be successful. And that's another thing: the Bucks have been terrible in the red zone. Like we we do yeah. not score well in the red zone, and that's something we need badly. And, and I mean, to the point, like to the, to the production point of Deshaun Jackson or to the, to the fits and everything, I I'm totally on board. Um, I don't want people to think I've just done a, like a, a 180 on Deshaun Jackson. I still don't like the way that he ended the season. Don't like the approach he's taken with the team, with, with dealing with people. But I feel like a lot of those problems, though, he's, they'll get, they'll take care of themselves when he's not running 60, 60 to 70% of his given snaps, uh, 40 yards or deeper. Cause that's exactly what he did last year. And I feel like uh, with with Byron left with with, with BA with all those with that coaching staff, they're going to recognize that that didn't work for two years in a row. So let's try something new. And I, I feel like if if Deshaun is able to get some of those tunnel screens, some of those quicker slants, some of those, you know, you, you see a DB playing ten yards off going into a backpedal, break that sucker off at eight eight yards, stick your foot in the ground, turn around for the ball make a guy miss and grab 12 more. You know what I mean? I think Deshaun is going to be happier if those things happen. And I feel like this coaching staff is, is this coaching staff is smart enough uh, to give those, those routes to Deshaun and give those reads to Jameis. Hopefully James, we'll see some Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson on the same side of the field, some combos, some high lows. 
let's 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 let Mike push some some safeties upfield and give Deshaun some room underneath. Uh, hopefully, we'll see that this time. Yeah. I like what Peter. I like I what Peter know. report said about Godwin in the slot. I think that really could be a great great option for the Bucks. Um, I mean, Mike Mike Evans could be in the slot also, but um, similar to what Larry Fitzgerald did for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. I think Godwin could fill that role. Yeah, we actually asked him about that when we had him on the podcast and and asked if that was something he would be interested in and he said he would he would love to do something like that. So and and he has that that comparable size. I mean, nobody's Larry Fitzgerald. That guy should be given his his gold jacket at halftime of his final game, but <clears throat> you know, that's a role that that I think Godwin would flourish in and he would uh you know, as he told us, he would be excited to to be able to do that. So JC, something that I, I want to touch on with you real quick uh, was a discussion that David had on the previous episode. I was not on the last episode because I was in Columbus for the Lightning game. Um, but he and Evan started talking about a few players. You know, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Or, you know, are they on the bubble? And they started talking about Gerald McCoy. And obviously, with all the help that the defense needs and Gerald McCoy with that huge cap number, yeah, do you see McCoy fitting into this defense, or do you think he's unfortunately going to be a cap casualty? You know, in my eyes, um, if if they're going to keep Deshaun Jackson, how are they going to keep McCoy's contract? I, I it just I'm I'm just in my head. I've just been thinking, crunching numbers. Like, if they want to make some moves in free agency, how are they going to keep McCoy? But at the same time, they need to be able to replace McCoy. So, are they going right. to do that in the draft? But also, free agency happens i mean the big names happen before the draft so it's kind of a, a little pickle there and but if they if they move to a three four i mean wouldn't that also be kind of a a knock against mccoy i mean you would think Vea would be the nose tackle and is as good as mccoy's get off is you know he doesn't really seem like a, a three four defensive end so i mean could it be a matter of he's getting too much money and he may not fit what todd bowles is going to do or do you think they're going to stick to their word and and they're going to scheme to the the strengths of their players rather than form a you know a true legitimate you know base scheme i mean i said my piece on twitter and you know i i don't want to trash gerald mccoy i think he's a great guy he's done a (laughs) great job in the tampa community i just don't see him on the bucks in 2019 I don't either for, for the record. I was just, I was kind of curious as to your thoughts. Yeah. I just, I don't think they have room for that contract and I think they're just going to move on and try to get this three, four going. Yeah. That's, and that's where I land on McCoy again. It's, and that's what I said on the episode with Evan is it's not that I'm a McCoy hater. It's not that I want McCoy gone. It's, it's uh, I think it's just kind of one is time to happen. And then the money thing uh, is, a, is a big thing. It's again, it's another reason. With Quan and, and real quick, circling back to Quan because I know not everybody, but there, there's going to be someone out there who says, "Well, Quan's just being selfish." And 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 I want to point this out: Quan's uh, been playing starter snaps, starter quality football on a backup salary um, his his entire career, and that's where some of this disconnect I think is going to come in because Quan's going to want to get paid for what he's already done. He's going to want to get paid a little bit. I mean, the the fan favorite tag is is important. Marketing is a, is a very big part of what the NFL does. And Quan's going to want to get paid a little bit for that. And Quan's going to want to get paid a little bit because he's a captain. You know what I mean? So all of these things kind of kind of fall in place. But 
just just before anybody out there jumps on the the greedy, the selfish tag on this whole situation, just remember that this is a guy who was supposed to be nothing but a special teams contributor and has been a starter since day one and has never held out for 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 more money. I mean, you really can't, but has never talked about holding out. He's never you know been been a problem as far as attitude. He did have that one suspension in the beginning of his his rookie season, but we'll chalk that up to a mistake. Um, you know, he, he's never really been a problem for the team. So, you know, just kind of preemptively uh, combating that, that notion a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here. I have my Quan Alexander signed Jersey up on my wall right now. And yeah. if he left, I, and cause he had got 10 plus million a year, yeah. I'm not going to be mad at the guy. He deserves uh-huh. every, I'd be really happy for him. Every dollar of it because of how much work he puts in and the passion he has for the game and the passion he actually has for winning. Like he, he's one of the guys that actually cares out there. So, right. um, you know, I wouldn't be mad at him if someone's going to pay him that money. I just don't think Tampa can. And I think Tampa realizes that they have a guy that they could draft in the first round that would just fill that spot. Mm-hmm. And the thing, too, is Quan reaches back to LSU so much that he would probably, I mean, you talk about a situation where Devin White would probably be happy for Quan getting his money and Quan would be happy for Devin White being selected in the first round. I mean, that that's a, that's a, that's a situation where pretty much everybody would be happy for each other, even though it's kind of an, an awkward uh, moment, I suppose. Yeah, if this last season taught us anything with the, the Le'Veon Bell saga, um you know, you saw all these all these other players on Twitter showing their support for Le'Veon Bell because they were sitting there saying, you know, hey, go out and, and, and get your money, get what you get what you need. Because yeah, I, I can't remember which player it was um that was on on a franchise tag and got injured early in the season and, and was out for the rest of was it Earl Earl Thomas? Yeah, Earl Thomas got yeah would he break his leg again? Yeah, and he was one of the ones that kept saying, "I don't want the franchise tag," and he finally, finally signed the tender or, or whatever it was, and then gets hurt, and that's exactly why. And so these players support one another, saying, "You know, go out and get as much as you can," because they may only get this once. You know, there's not a, a lot of these players that get these huge contracts and then they get a second one. You know, the NFL life is short, so I, I know it it sucks when you're a, a fan of a team and you see one of your favorite players leave because they're going to make more money elsewhere. But at the end of the day, just like for these teams, for these players, it's a business and they're going to maximize what they can while they can. So yeah, if, if Quan leaves, it's going to be, it's going to stink. And and I know my son will be crushed because Quan is his guy. But you know, at the end of the day, if the Bucks can't afford to pay it and, and Quan gets an offer from somewhere else and they say, hey, yo, we can pay what you're looking for, more power to them. One other thing that I, I want to touch on talking about Quan and whether he stays or goes, and it's something that I wrote for Bucks Nation. It'll be up at some point today uh, you know, on Thursday, um, is that a lot of fans view free agency as this kind of this guaranteed thing. You know where if the if the Bucks want a player, they should get them, and if they don't get them, they didn't try hard enough. You know, free agency is a two way street. The Bucks could want someone. The Bucks could want to go out and and sign Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew could you know be interested in rejoining Bruce Arians, but then look at the team and say, you know what, I don't have a lot of time left in this league, so 
I would be willing to take a little bit less money and go play with the Patriots because I know that they're going to be in the at least the AFC championship every year rather than a team that's coming off back-to-back 5-11 and 11 seasons. It's not as easy as we want this guy, we're going to sign him, he's ours. It, it's, not, it's not Madden. And not every player signed is going to be a starter or a pro bowler or an all pro. There are depth signings like we were just talking about Andre Ellington a little bit ago. Everybody has their role. There's 53 spots on this team. There's only 22 starters. So more than half this team is not a starter and they have holes to fill. So, you know, every signing has its place. So, you know, if, if Quan signs back, that's fantastic. If not, they have a, a contingency plan and they're going to have to execute that and they'll do what they can with the players they have. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, I do, I do think Tyron Matthew could be, I mean, I would say like 55% chance he's a Buccaneer. Ooh, I like that percentage. I'd like be it a little bit better it. if you added 30 to it, but I'll take 55. <laughs> I think 55 is a good number. <laughs> you know, he's made some, some uh, tweets about going somewhere with Antonio Brown, but I think I'd stay away at the, from that guy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio Brown seems to be nothing but trouble. In fact, Ross Tucker had tweeted out earlier that, you know, he was talking about Antonio Brown on his, his serious XM show this morning and not a single caller to his show wanted him on their favorite team. That's yeah. crazy. I feel like he's hurting himself more than he's helping himself. At this that point. happened yeah. so quick. The the perception of him changed so quickly. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. You know well, a guy, I, I, sorry. Go ahead, JC. No, a guy that I really liked and I was banging the drum for last year, and I heard the asking price was a second round pick. I was like, Landon Collins. He is. Mm-hmm. He would be really nice next to uh, Justin Evans, but he's going to be expensive. Yeah, he yeah. And didn't uh, I thought? I think I remember. Someone saying that Jason actually uh, kicked the tires on that. Uh, last yeah, the, the, yeah, he said no to that second round. Yeah, yeah, he was he he had the offer and they wanted a second and it was too high. Yeah, no, I agree. That that was too high for him. Um, I don't know. I still wonder. I mean, I don't know what the possibilities are, and and you know, again, there's limited resources, so you know, not not all of this can happen. But I still wonder if if Patrick Peterson might be willing to uh, to do a lift and shift. You know. If he gets traded to the Bucks, do a restructuring and extension all at one time uh, to shift some of his cap weight. With as petty as the Cardinals got about Bruce Arians joining the Bucks, there's no way they trade him. To I was literally just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we didn't extend the his or we didn't pick up his his option because he said he retired so the bucks have to give us something it's like geez so petty and they had to announce first the head coach hiring right right oh yeah make our announcement nobody cares about your announcement go away yeah no nobody cares about cliff kingsbury he's gonna do terrible actually he may not i'm sure he's a great guy but he's not bruce arians yeah how about that situation in cincinnati sorry to go way off topic but that looks horrific um I just laugh when people said that was a better job destination than Tampa. I was like, oh, no, God. it's not. That whole coaching staff just looks miserable. Like, I don't see any way how that whole thing is just going to fall apart. I've been giving so many people at work a hard time because I, I work with pretty much all Bengals fans. Um, there's there's my boss, who's the Colts fan, and then pretty much everybody else is, is Bengals fans. 
And I said, are, are you guys at this point with this defensive coordinator search going horribly, horribly wrong? Are you guys feeling like Will Smith and that famous scene from Fresh Prince? Like, how come they don't want me, man? Like, <laughs> nobody wants to be the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. It's hysterical. Said uh, Sean, Ma- Sean McVay, coaching tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, he can't be any worse than Hugh Jackson, right? Oh, man. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> All right. Well, we are pretty much up against the time. Uh, JC, anything else that you want to that you want to drop? Hey, and, and, hey, what's going on with the um, your guys' draft software over there at the Draft Network? Yeah, so brand new website. Not only draft features, but brand new website drops next Monday. Along yes. with it comes a mock draft machine. It's outstanding. It's very addicting. I have access to it, and I've spent way too many hours doing Bucks drafts on there. Um, and then we have a build your own big board if you're into, you know, being like a draft analyst and comparing how how you feel about your prospects to other guys. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. I hope you guys all enjoy it. It's gonna be like Christmas in in March or sorry in February. All right, and uh, big plans at the Combine next week? Yeah, I go up there for the weekend. Um, might have dinner with some fun people. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for the next I'll, podcast. I'll, yeah, I'll co- what you're saying. I, all I was going to say is I'll come bring me back after the Combine. I might have some more juicy stuff. Nice. Oh, for sure. Some, some good stuff to talk about. All right, and then anything else going on over at the Draft Network that uh, that our listeners need to know about? If you're a draft fan, you need to be on the draft network because there's no place on the internet or anywhere on the internet that even touches our analysts. We are the best yeah, on the draft network. All right. Well, JC certainly appreciates some of your time tonight. Thanks guys for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And of course you can follow JC on Twitter at the JC Cornell. You can check out everything that David and I are doing over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at the draft network. They do incredible stuff over there. They really do have things over there that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's, it's a must visit for any NFL fan, especially bucks fans with, um, with all the needs that need to be addressed in the draft make sure you're following us on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks finally make sure you're sending in your voicemails to 813-444-5841 we want to start getting some more of those listener questions in so david and i can tackle some of the topics that you want to hear about thank you all so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks